Hello and welcome to the First Hand Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown, and folks, we're back with another great episode for you guys. I got another 2023 NFL Draft Prospect interview. I'm joined today by Celestin Haba of Texas A&M Commerce. Celestin, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. What's going on, man? Hey, I am doing well. I appreciate you hopping on the show. Really looking forward into, you know, just getting into your football journey because it's been a truly special one so far, man. Uh, Most definitely, most definitely. So I want to start coming out of high school. You know, you were coming out of high school, I believe, played your high school ball in South Carolina, correct? Yeah, AC4 High School in Columbia, South Carolina. So coming out, did you have big offers? I know you went JUCO. Did you go JUCO right away, though, or did you have some offers coming out? Out of high school, I had a couple of Division II offers. So I ended up going to uh, North Greenville University. It's a D2 in Tigerville, South Carolina. So I did a semester there. I was uh, hurt the first half of the season, but I ended up playing, like, the second half, had a couple good games or whatnot. And then after that, I decided, like, I had to talk with myself and a couple of friends and family, and I just felt like I could play on a bigger level. I could compete on a bigger level. So that's when I took that JUCO route in 2018. I went to um, Scottsdale Community College in Scottsdale, Arizona, man. That's a whole different world out there, man. You know, and that's – JUCO has kind of gotten, you know, more popular ever since yeah. Last Chance U came out. And, you yeah, know, everybody thinks JUCO is this glamorous, hey, I'm going to go there and then I'm going to get a big offer. But could you tell us what is JUCO life really like? Man, that JUCO life, I'm going to just say, like, most JUCO, most JUCO products will tell you that that's not for everybody, especially if you – especially if you're not used to adversity or you're not used to battling or competing. Like, it's going to be de- definitely, like, difficult for you to catch up on or, or just, like, the atmosphere in general of JUCO life. It's a whole different grind out there. Like, you really, it, it really tests your, it, it really tests like, like, are you ready for that life? Like, how much, how much do you love football? Like, that's the question you'll be asking yourself. You wake up every morning, like, like, do I really love this game? Do I really want to be doing this for the rest of my college career, or the rest of my life? Even like, it's it's really a battle for sure. You know, and be- you had a lot of success at the JUCO level. I I had to kind of do a double take at some of these stats here. Was it 17 and a half sacks in one season? Yeah, most definitely. So that, I mean, I guess we got to start there. Did you, when you immediately got out there to Arizona, did you feel like, hey, I made the right choice. I'm about to, you know, I'm about to make an impact. Or was it a slow process for you? Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was a little skeptical because just because you feel me, I'm in Arizona. I don't know what to really expect. I just know I'm here to play football. I'm here to uh, get my AA and then try to get to a bigger school. So, uh, oh, before before I got to JUCO over there, summer I was training with my uh, training coach, Coach K in Carolina. So he feel me coming in. I was pretty confident, like I'm ready. I'm ready to compete. Like I don't care who I play against. I'm just ready to compete. That's just the South Carolina in me. Like we just ready to compete. Where we from? So once I got there, my coaches, you feel me? They 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 saw how I played. They saw how I practice or whatnot. And you feel me? Was telling me, hey, if you keep on the track you on, you feel me? You can have some success. So I'm like, I'm really going into the season. I'm re- I'm really anxious at this point. Like, all right, how's this gonna play out? You hear me? I'm not gonna even think ahead. I'm just taking game by game, day by day. So when I took off with that, I say I say um, it really took off against Snow College. They were number three in the country at the time, and we were unranked. Like nobody heard of Scottsdale Artichokes. They heard of them, but nah, 
when they heard our name, they're like the artichoke. I'm like, oh man, like you can take us lightly all you want. No, don't be get fooled, don't get fooled by the mascot or whatnot. But I had, I think, one or two sacks that game and an interception, and that I just really blew up from there. It took off from there. So now in my head, every game I come in with mentality, oh, I gotta dominate. I have to. I gotta dominate. Because we already had dogs in our team. And I was like, you feel me? I got to make the play. I got to. I got to dominate. I got to put myself on the map. So after that, it really took off, man. You know, and we saw on Last Chance you where these D1 coaches would be coming in and out. At what point did these coaches really start hitting you up during the JUCO season? Obviously, you were, I believe, number seven in the country at your position, a consensus three-star during your JUCO season. So at what point did these schools really start saying, like, hey, we want you? Really, after I think my second or third game of the season, well, not I, I, that's when the uh, recruitment process started to um, start to flow, but it started to really pick up after like Arizona Western. They were, um, you know, they were historically a good program, championships every year and whatnot. So right after that game, I, I played against the number one offensive lineman at JUCO too, Desmond Bland. So I had a pretty solid game against. That's probably one of the best offensive linemen I played against. So I went to battle with him, and after that game, it really just took off and jumped. I started hearing from Pac-12, Big 12, all kind of schools. Like, just I was hearing from a lot of people. So I'm now, at this point, I'm 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 still in the mindset of damn, I can't be too. So this is crazy. I don't really know how to handle. It. I'm like, man, what Oregon? What USC? Like, I'm just like, I'm just like blown. Like, man, this way it took me. Like, now let me see like how far I can go with it. You know, and for folks who aren't familiar, you ended up, I believe, coming out of signing day, signing with Western Kentucky. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So, at first, I was I was committed to Middle Tennessee. Like, I I got um my own my bit one of my best friends. He committed there out of high school, and and we we talked about going there together. So then I took the visit to Western Kentucky, and I liked the um like I liked the scheme, like how did how I was gonna plug into the defense or whatnot. So I ended up deep committed for Middle Tennessee and committed to Western Kentucky. And then roll from there. And I, so then how do you end up at Texas A&M Commerce once you've okay. to Western Kentucky? So with Western Kentucky, after my official visit, I still wasn't eligible. So I had to take a couple of classes or whatnot to get in Western Kentucky. And that ended up not working. So I had to sit out for that year. So time go by, time go by. And I'm like, man, like I'm probably not even going to be in school. I probably don't got an offer no more. So more time go by, more time go by. I I ended up still contacting the coaches and Western Kentucky. Like, I got an offer. I still got like, am I am I still like, am I still able, gonna be able to come there? Like, yeah, just just get your school situation right, and then we gonna go from there. So now in my head, I'm like, man, I can't really get a class right now. I'm at home. I'm working this landfill job. I'm like, at this point, I'm I'm really depressed. I'm back home, like where I started. Like, I'm like, man, what am I doing right now? I'm back home. Time flying by. I ain't really making that much money at, at my job. My family is struggling. So I'm like, you know what? I got it. I, I, it's too much time passing by. And if I keep laying time passing by, then it's over with him because, you know, your college football clock is just so long. So I'm like, I, I can't even play with time right now. So that's when I had got in contact with the Texas and the Commerce there, really Coach Walker. That's the reason I got here. So we talked. And I just like what you talked about. I, I already kind of knew about commerce and the success it had. So I ended up deciding to make that move and coming out here. And, uh, August, it was right after my birthday, matter of fact, August 17, 2020 is when I got here. 
you know, and for folks who aren't familiar with, you know, the competition commerce plays against at the FCS level, you guys play against really one of the more daunting schedules, you know, just this past year, you play Sam Houston state, you play incarnate world. I mean, you guys play a daunting FCS schedule. Most definitely. What's it like? You know, I mean, I know this year wasn't exactly what you guys wanted five and six record, but you guys had some high moments, you know, nice ranked win against Southeastern Louisiana. What's it like playing at a program like Texas A&M Commerce? I mean, this program already has, you feel me, is 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 prestige. So when I got here, I already expected like, oh, they got a winning winning culture. They got great players. They play against good competition, great competition. So I'm like, I got to be on my A game. I can't come in slack. I can't come in with a big head, and I can't come here satisfied or whatnot. So, so as soon as I got here, I already kind of felt the winning culture. The winning culture. As soon as I got here, I'm I'm seeing people working. I'm seeing uh, athletes working out on the field or whatnot. People in the weight room, so I just automatically knew, all right, I'm in the right place. I got good coaching staff around me. I got players who want to work. You don't even got to tell them; they already working. So that obviously motivate me. And then it's not too much to do out here, so I could just be focused on school and football. But with, as far as the competition, we we were actually a Division two program last year, but at the same time, like it was a great Division two conference, Long Star Conference. Like we plan to get some dogs. I'm like. You feel me? I already I, I know what it's like to play D two, uh, and, and I just the thing is I didn't I haven't played against it in a while because I've been JUCO with that. So when I got back to it, I'm like, all right, man, I can't even play around. You feel me? There's still some athletes on the field. D two, D one, D three, still some athletes on the field. I got to bring my A game. So that was fun. That was fun. And then when we got the news that we moved to Division one, I, I kind of felt like a, a a a sense of relief. Like I did all this hard work to try to go D one, ended up not working. Now I'm in a position. What God has blessed me like, oh, it's it's almost like somebody said, huh, y'all, him, you D1 athlete. And I was just like, man, hey, I was in my room turning up. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So this season was definitely fun, for sure. Playing against um great opponents like Sam Houston, UIW, like you mentioned. That big win against Southeastern, man, I can't tell you. Ain't no better feeling than that. Coming to somebody else's house, upsetting them, they right. We they I I I I'm pretty sure they looked at us as uh uh, they some D two school or whatnot. I know they had still had respect for us and whatnot, but in reality, if you was any D one team, oh man, they were D two last year. We're gonna spank them as soon as they come. But that was a great film. I can't lie to you. And I mean, you guys. I mean, Southeastern is no. I mean, they were ranked at the time. They ended up making the FCS playoffs this year. I mean, it, it's no joke. I want to ask no, you though, because no you, you're a well traveled guy now in the college ranks. So yeah, you know, on this show, we like to show people that like, hey. Like you said, D2 is no joke. There's some guys yeah. at every level. If you could tell the average fan one thing about Division Two football that, you know, everybody says, well, if you go D2, you weren't good enough to go D1, which is not true. What would you yeah. tell someone about the talent at D2 if you could educate a person on it? Really, with D2, most of the time it's just kids who didn't have the exposure or didn't have the skill set for D1 yet. So most of the time you see kids, you like, like, he played here? Yeah, because he didn't have the exposure out of high school or or he just now playing football, so he's still learning the game for real. So it's a lot of different reasons why kids will be at D2 or some, you know, it's some late bloomers. Like, I consider myself a late bloomer. Like, it's some people that, like, 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 they, like they come out the game late. Like, like for instance, like, we had a teammate last year. He plays for the Miami Dolphins right now, Kato Kohu. Like, he started, he started, I, I forget when he started playing football, but Ever since then, he just kept elevating. And now look at him now. He's starting in the NFL 
and he was just playing Division Two ball last year. So, for those people who has doubts on D two, any you can make it from anywhere. Like, and if you're good enough, the NFL will come find you, or whatever you want to do will come find you. Don't don't sleep on D two athletes. You know, when you are the epitome of an athlete, I mean, I, I'm looking at your numbers. Yeah, I got to watch your highlight film, which was a true tree. I may have sent that around to a few different people because <laughs> that that spin move, I, I got to start there because the spin move is just downright disrespectful. So no, definitely. I, I got to ask, is that a pass rush move you've always had? Or when, when did you develop that and fine tune it to the point that you've got it today? Okay, so when I was little, you feel me? I always be in the neighborhood. We playing, um, we playing, um, throwing up, busting. I always try to juke somebody with a spin or whatnot. So when I started playing organized ball, I, I didn't utilize the move, but like when I was playing basketball, or whatnot, I, I try to spin or whatnot. So ninth grade came, I hit a spin move one time, and I heard in the background, ooh, ooh, ooh. So it stuck with me. I'm like, all right, bet I'm gonna start hitting that move, and and and, and, and check it out. I, I was watching the NFL games and college games, but not heavily. Like I was, I was an Eagles fan, but I still wasn't watching games like just to watch and sit there and study players or whatnot. So I just, I just started developing that. Even with my training, I started developing that, and I just started hitting spin moves. So really, I started utilizing that move. I could say my senior year of high school and then in college, like, I just, I did it all the time. That was my thing. Like, oh, I'm gonna hit him with a spin, and then if he, um, if he jumps at me, I'm gonna hit him with a uh, jab. I mean, I'm gonna hit him with a um. A euro spin. Then I'm hitting with a fake spin. So I just started utilizing. I started being creative with it. Like, how can I change it up now? Like, really, I got my euro spin. I got that from Kyrie Irving. Like, the, the people don't know that. They're like, oh, who you got that spin from? I, I really got it from Kyrie Irving. I got it from basketball. Basketball translates to football. A lot of people don't realize that, like, especially with footwork. So I just started utilizing it ever since and then packing it down, practicing it, and then see, it is what it is now. And I got to ask you, because watching your highlight, I mean, it looks like you are very calculated with your pass rush. It, watching you, it's like, I'm going to hit you with a few speed rush, then I'm going to just straight bull rush you. And then once I got you on your back foot, then I'm going to spin. Yeah. Do, you, do you go into a game knowing, like, hey, these first few rushes, I already know where I'm at. Like, are you are you mentally prepared every game like that? Because it feels very calculated from you. De- definitely. I I go to the game with the mindset of, okay, I already know he's about to be scared of my speed. So I'm going to give him what he want. He, he he see that speed come, I'm going to give him what he want. I'm going to let him see him a couple times. Then once I'm got once I'm in his head, well, I'm I'm not even in his head at this point. Now he start oversetting me, I'm going to go inside. Now I'm going to mix it up between inside and outside. Now I'm in his head. Now he don't know what I'm going to do. Now I'm hitting spins. Now I'm going to hit him with jabs and different moves just to get in his head. Now I can do what I want now. He's not even playing football no more. He's playing, oh, I can't let him do this. Third. He's playing the thinking game. That's where I want him at. Once you play the thinking game, I got you where I want. And I can just play high. I can play comfortable, fast, and it, it just comes. You know, and there's not a lot of edge rushers that have your size and speed. 6'2", 250, but you run a 4'5", 40. And, Definitely. you know, to put that in perspective, there's guys like Antonio Brown who yeah. shifty fast also run the same 40 time as you. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about how big of an asset that is to have the length, to have the size, but then also have the speed. You just can't teach that. Man, that exactly like I did have to work for that. Like over of course over the summers throughout my college years, I put in work with my different players or different trainers or whatnot to get to that. It really started from high school. So to get to that spot. So now that I didn't add it on, I didn't 
put on the muscle by lifting, going hard in the weights, running, keep my speed up, and putting that together. I just almost literally feel unstoppable. I'm not going to go out there and say it because I'm a humble guy, but in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy, nah, he ain't going to stop. He's going to have a long day. Like, that's why I tell my teammates, I'm like, man, this tag going to have a long day. So, definitely, I feel like that's a huge asset and it's, it's definitely in my favor. So, I just keep utilizing it and you feel me, keeping it in my advantage for sure. You know, and as we talked about, you've declared for the 2023 NFL draft. There's been a lot of buzz around your name. You might be a small school prospect. But a lot of people, you've caught the eyes of some national media of people I've heard say, you know, hey, this could be a small school gem. How, yeah. how does it feel to know that people already this early on in the process are aware of who you are and are they, they've got their eyes on you? What's that feeling like? I mean, uh, like I said, I'm a humble guy, so I won't ever, like, have a great feeling until I'm actually on the NFL roster. Like, but it does feel good to actually have my name out there. And I feel like, a lot of the reason is because people before me paved the way, especially here at Commerce, like names like Amaran Simon and Kater Kohu, like they put me in position and players like some of my teammates in position to, you feel me, get our name out to the media. Just because, like, we, like, a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people don't know that of the small school gyms. Like, we produce players. We just got to, you feel me, come see us. Come, come see what we're talking about. Come see what we got to offer. And then you'll see what you want to know. We got players here. You know, when you alluded to it, there are some seriously talented players that you've gotten to play with, you know, not only at Commerce, but, you know, at JUCO. And I want to ask you, you know, there's other guys that you've played with who are in this draft class. So who are some names that folks don't know about that we need to familiarize ourselves with before April? I'm going to tell you, of course, it's going to be my teammates first, man. Ben Hutch, he's a defensive tackle. He was highly recruited out of uh, a high school, highly recruited. but And he went on his journey or whatnot. But he's definitely going to be a name to watch this year. And Darius Williams, he's a man. I don't, hey, just go watch the tape. Darius Williams, number seven. D. Walker, the line, middle, uh, one of the linebackers here, he's going to be a name to watch. It's, we have a lot of names. And and, and uh, it's just so much to say. Like, like we already underrated, so – just keep out for names like that. And and as far as people at other schools, it's a D it's a DN at Auburn. His name Marcus Bragg. Even though he has, he's at a big school, I feel like he's underrated and he'll definitely surprise a lot of people. You know, and I, of, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I I just I had to ask you because you know, you having played at all these different levels and having played with all this different talent, do yeah. you feel that it helps or hurts your draft process, you know, being able to say like, hey. I am well-traveled. I, I have had to play in so many systems. How do you feel like that could maybe be to your advantage being as versatile as you are? I feel like playing on all those different levels, you feel me? The question is, oh, can he play on the higher level? What what will he do against low competition? Like, will he just let off the gas or he keep going? I feel like that would be in my advantage just because I did it against him different levels. So now y'all can see, oh, what will he do against this? Uh, what, would get, what would he do against Division One team? What would he do against lower level competition, like how he produce, how he perform. So I feel like that's in my favor just because I was able to play against different competition. You know, and I got to ask you because, you know, folks don't understand. You declare for the draft here late November, early December. But yeah. now you've got to start with the All-Star Bowls and, you know, combine workouts and all these different things. So what does this process look like for you now? Are there any All-Star Bowls that you're preparing for? Or what's, what's draft prep look like for you right now? 
Actually, to be honest, this process was just a little confusing just because I went into it not knowing what to expect, not knowing what to really take off after like the last game. So I'm blessed enough that obviously, I mean, not obviously, I'm blessed enough to know people that's at the higher level to get advice from them or people I train with to get advice from them. Like, hey, what steps should I take? What should I do from here? Who who should I reach out to? Who should I uh, who should I contact? What questions do I have for these people that's reaching out to me? Like, I was able to be blessed enough to know those people. So, right now it's going pretty smooth. At first, I feel to me it was a rocky start because I'm like, oh, I don't even know what, where to start. So, right now it's going smooth. Right now I'm in the process of him trying to find an agent or whatnot, try to certify something so we can get the process rolling of uh, pro day training or whatnot. But as far as All Star games, I'm preparing for the uh, College Gridiron Showcase. I'm trying to see. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm trying to see if I am invited to other blow games. Like if I am blessed enough to be invited, of course I'll compete in them too. Like just to get my name out there. I, I like. They told me it's not really a, a, a amount of a limited amount of bowl games you can play. If you can play them a bunch of them, that's what you. I feel like you should do just to get your name out there. You know, and you alluded to looking for an agent. You know, a lot of people don't understand how kind of just annoying that process Dang. really Dang. can be. What's that been like for you? It's, like you said, it's really annoying. Like, you hear different things. You feel me? You really, it's really like a go with your gut feeling. Like, really, you're taking the chance just like they take the chance on you. So, it, it, it's, a, it's a different process for sure. Like, nothing I've really ever been through. But but I'm actually glad I'm going through it just for the experience and just to, for the knowledge. Like, it's getting real now. Like, they told me, like, one of my um, buddies told me that's in the NFL. Like, it, you, 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 it's real now. Like, you in the process that we go through. Like this is this is a business now. You yeah, you're here to have fun and whatnot, but it's a business now. So have have you had that moment where you're like, man, I'm just I'm just a dude from South Carolina who was playing football, you know, as a kid, and now there's a chance I could pay my bills playing it. Has that has that moment hit you yet? And what 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 was it like if it has? It, it, I, I could say it hit me, but not fully until you feel me, I got everything in place like how I need to, but it has hit me like, like, man, like, especially when I posted my, my declare, uh, uh, photo, I'm like, man, like it's real now. Like everything I work for, everything I trained for the blood, the sweat, the tears, like, the, the, the depression, the happiness, all that in one, like, this is what it's for this process right here. Like, that's what I do it for. So, so I wouldn't change anything about my path. I don't regret anything because, like, this feeling right here is, like, you can't really explain it. Like, a lot of people don't even get to this point. So I'm blessed to even get to this point where I am able to declare and am able to be in the process of trying to find an agent and prepare for pro day training or whatnot to go to the NFL. So, yeah. So I, I have to ask you, too, because there's a big outlet called Pro Football Focus. And for folks who don't know, they do a lot of ranking of, you know, players – you know, grades for not only NFL, but college. And yeah. they gave you quite a bit of love this year with your yeah. pass rush efficiency. You have a 90 plus grade on pass rush win rate and efficiency, meaning basically, as you said, when you rush the passer, passer, you get it done. So, you know, when you saw that, when you saw that graphic that they posted, A, were you aware that you were that successful with it ahead of time? I actually wasn't aware until my coach told me, and I'm like, I'm like, all right. So I didn't. He sent me the picture, and I'm like, hold on, what? I'm like, I'm on PFL. I'm like, man, I'm like, I didn't even know this. I'm, I'm thinking maybe just power files, 
the group of fives on PFF. I didn't even know LCS football. D2, even D3 was on PFF. So I'm like, hold on. I'm like, I'm not, let me see, let me see, let me see. And I looked at it and it said like top, top five LCS and FBS, top three LCS. I'm like, man, oh my goodness. I like, I had no idea. So I'm in my room like, like, I'm like, man, like, like, all that work, it, 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 I'm not gonna say all it paid off, but it, it, it's paying off. Like, I, I couldn't even believe it. I knew I was winning a lot of pass rush reps, but you feel me? Until you actually see it on PFM, I'm like, oh man, like this big, like this can do me justice for real. You know what? I gotta ask you, you know, as you prepare for the draft, obviously there's a lot of great pass rushers coming out. You know, it feels like Georgia's got about 20 every year, you know. Man. It, it, it's never ending. You know, I, I'm a Buckeyes fan. We've got Zach Harrison who, I mean, he he's looked better, but we, we got some room to grow, but I got to ask, because like I said, you bring size speed, but what else, you know, what separates you from these other prospects? You know, when a team does give you that call, what is separating you from the other pass rushers? I say that I'm very versatile. Like I can play linebacker. I can cover, like you said, size speed, whatever. But I feel like one of my best aspects that a lot of people don't know, I'm creative. Like I, I can, I can. That's the reason I can play fast. Like I, I'm just creative. Like I can mix it up. Like I mentioned before. Like okay, he overset me. Now I can go inside. I can just create different passers moves in my head and mix different things up to give him different looks he never seen. So now he's playing a thinking game. Like once, once you in a thinking game, now I can play my game. Now I can showcase what I got. Stuff that you never seen. Like I think. It's passionate moves I hit. I believe that people have probably ain't never seen. Like, no exaggeration. Like, I'm now, now I can hit you with this different stuff and, and showcase the world. Like, hey, y'all might have seen uh, this kind of edge rush and this kind of edge, but y'all ain't see what I got to offer. Like, just, just watch the games and you'll be impressed. So I feel like creativity is one of them. It's definitely one of them that separates me from everybody else. You know, and I got to ask you, because, you know, on this show, we like to give advice. And I'm going to have you give a couple different piece of, pieces of advice. I want to start by having you give advice to a high school kid who's coming out, but he's not getting the offers he wanted. He wanted bigger offers and he didn't get them. Maybe they are only D2 or D3 offers. What would you tell that kid, though, about the opportunity that they still have in front of them? Um, don't let that scare you, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of people in your position who don't even get to uh, the point where they get offers from D2 or D3 colleges. It's a lot of people that want them D2 or D3 offers. So don't let that scare you. It's always a process. You never know. You could go there, blow up. If you want to hit the portal, do that and get get a better opportunity. Or even if you go there, make a name for yourself, and the scouts come find you. Like If you got NFL aspirations, they will come find you if you're good enough. So it doesn't matter what level you're on. Really look up a lot of NFL players who have stories from these D2 or even D3 schools, and they make it to the highest level. It's all about putting that work in. It's all about keeping them grades up. And it's all about getting in what you put out. Then if you're good enough, like I said, they will come find you. You know, and I want to also have you give advice to a kid who maybe it's just not going the way they thought it would, whether it be injuries, whether it be grades, whether it be playing time, you know, what would you tell that kid about, you know, just not giving up and being, you know, just persevering? At the end of the day, there's a lot of things we can't control in this world. So I, my advice to that is control what you can control. You can't control your coach giving you more playing time. Or you can't control the professor giving you an F on this test. Or you can't control just things not going your way. They're like Control what you can control. Keep your head down. And do what you did to get there, which is work. If you work hard to get there, just keep working hard. Like, like I said, you can't control everything. So as long as you do the things that makes you successful, that's all you can control. 
And that's what you should do. You shouldn't worry about the outside noise. Once you let the outside noise get to you, now you got all kinds of distractions. Now you can't be successful as you can be. So just control what you can control and do what you did to get there, which is work hard and, and the other things you did to become successful. You know, and I got to, you know, end the interview because you, the goal is in April that we hear your name called. So I want to ask you, if come April, one of the 32 NFL teams gives you a call and says, Celestin, we're bringing you in, what are they getting from Celestin Hobbit? Not only the player, but also the person. Man, again, a down to earth guy. Like I, I don't even know how to explain myself. I'm just me. Once you get to meet me, I feel like you're. I'm, 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 I'm able to talk to a lot of people. I'm able to connect with a lot of people. I'm able to vibe with a lot of people. So you'll begin to not just a, a, a football player. You'll begin to a stand up guy. Like I'm honest with people. I, it, it, at your lowest times, I can make you feel like you're a million dollars because I've been at that point too. So. So I'm just a guy that that brings energy, brings life into the room. Like I like I like positive things, even when it's negative. Let's make something positive out of it. Hey, you down? I'm down too. Let's let's both go up. Like they'll begin the real stand-up guy. You know, Celestin, I look forward to seeing what the draft prospects process is like for you, where you land, and just the long career ahead of you, man. I appreciate you coming on today, man. It's been an absolute blast having you on, and I can't wait to see where you land. Most definitely, man. Appreciate you for having me on the show, man. Yeah, for sure, man. But, folks, that's all we got for you guys. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.